Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Wars. You're here with I Need No Name and Samrin today, and we have some fun things to discuss as Bundesliga football and Champions League football returns this week. So, In, how are you doing? I guess I'm doing okay. Not that great, <laughs> honestly. Honestly, feeling a little bit depressed, especially after our most recent game. Oh uh, my goodness! I guess, we, I yeah. guess we could. I guess we could take a talk about that. It's still better than Germany, I suppose. The difference is Bayern keeps getting results, and Germany does not. Um, and the difference is Bayern's quality of players is much higher. So. And the quality is available in all positions. So that's why probably Bayern keeps getting the results. But let's talk about that that game against Köln. What did you think of the performance? I thought the performance was honestly quite mediocre. And like, look, we did win. And that's pretty important. And results are very important. But like, look, winning just 1-0 against one of the worst teams in the league Yes, I know we missed a few chances, but that's not that's never been an excuse. As Union just winning just barely one nil against one of the worst teams in the league. It 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 really just makes you wonder about what exactly is the team going to try and do when we face the better teams in the later rounds of the Champions League or well, I guess it's only the Champions League now, right? And I was especially shocked by the fact that Thomas Tuchel did not make any substitutions. I've never seen that in my entire time as a Bayern Munich fan, a coach not making any substitutions in the entire 90 minutes. So um, I want to ask you what you thought of that, especially. Um, You know, I think it's worth listening to Thomas Tuchel's comments in the press carefully, because whatever he says, he'll do exactly the opposite the next day. That has been the trend of performances. When he praises a player a lot, he's not going to start the next day. When he moans and moans about something else, the next day that's going to be a non-issue in the match. And that's pretty much what happened. Uh, I think he said something along the lines of, or or maybe this was in some of our post-match comments, um, where subs might disrupt the game and there was a 1-0 lead. But like, since when has a 1-0 lead against the bottom side in the league who struggled to score goals, who have been beaten by just about everybody but Gladbach. But the, uh, since when is that a point of pride? Since when is that a sign of efficiency? And since when is that the size, the the whole, what is that total control football? Like Pep's era. Guess what? Pep used to control some of those games and score six, seven goals in them. Bayern struggled and very, this game could have very easily ended in a draw. Yes, there was inefficiency, but, um, inefficiency in front of goal but to fix that inefficiency and to kill the game you should have actually made substitutions like tell and muller would have been a great pair to bring on to get a second goal and kill the game but no he kept Cohn waiting and you know what it, it's it's good for him that Cohn are just smacked at bottom and struggling in just about every area of the pitch because Bochum probably would have equalized Heidenheim might have grabbed an equalizer just slightly better teams than Cologne and that match ends 1-1. And I think like this is where I struggle a lot in and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. The eye test matters. Oh, look at our stats. Our XG was, you know, I don't know, 50,000 or we had 21 shots on goal. Great. But if statistics were everything, then Manchester City would have won everything every season. 
They don't because statistics are not everything. The eye test matters. When when City took on Leon in the season that we won the Champions League last time out, you could tell that City would have trouble, even though City prevailed in pretty much every statistic again, ahead of Leon before that tie. And that's just how things are. Bayern has a Harry Kane plus one difference right now over every other team. And that's why things keep working out. And I'm I'm not saying that the start to the season has not been good. It has. But pretty much each and every performance, bar maybe like an 8-0 against Darmstadt, a 7-0 against Bochum, and a 4-0, I think it was 4-0 at this point, against Dortmund, pretty much every, each and every one of them fails the eye test. What are you thinking? Hard to say because, you know, the results have been so overwhelmingly positive. It's hard to really sit down and criticize Tuchel for something nebulous like the eye test because statistically he's doing just fine. Now, the one statistic that he isn't doing fine is in the trophies department because Tuchel in about six months has lost more trophies than I think Nagelsmann did in, well, about one and a half years, which is problematic. But you could also say that Tuchel has had more opportunities to lose trophies. I think the more pertinent question is that does the what is more important in the short term, the eye test or the performances themselves? And I would say for a team like Bayern Munich, which is pretty dominant 90% of the time in both the league and the Champions League, I think the eye test always matters. Again, this is probably going to be something that people will disagree with me on, but Bayern Munich generally wins in the Bundesliga and we have been winning in the Champions League group stages well, ever since 2017, we literally have not lost a game in the group stages. Both Niko Kovac and Uli Nagelsmann had perfect records in the Champions League group stage, and neither of them got very far in the tournament. So I don't think that results do say everything at this stage. However, on that same front, you cannot ignore the fact that Tuchel has exceeded expectations when it comes to the results themselves. I wonder if there has to be a point made that the current Bayern Munich team is a team that can get results despite maybe not being as good as certain previous teams, but it does not feel like Bayern Munich are a team that are able to grind results out in adversity. It does not feel like that sort of team, the team that plays below its level sometimes and still gets the win. It more... It's more like a feeling of this team just gets that one moment of individual brilliance more often than its opponents, which is what's bound to happen when you have players like Harry Kane and Leroy Sané in your team in the form that they are right now. It's a dangerous type of, what should I say, overperformance that, well, it, it's just, I, I don't see it really being sustainable, especially in the games that most people, I think, will say matter the most. Like, but as I said, against a team like Manchester City or even something a little bit, a team not even as good as Manchester City, maybe a team like, say, Arsenal in the Premier League. If they faced us in the Champions League right now, I would not be very confident of us winning the same way we did not win against Bayer Leverkusen or RB Leipzig. And I think that's a serious problem with Thomas Tuchel's current coaching style. Now, could it get better? Maybe. Sure. But it's been long enough. And 
I think I feel confident in saying that it doesn't necessarily feel like things are getting all that much better. It's just that we have better players now than we did six or seven months ago. And yet still arguably underperforming, despite having better six or seven better players. But I guess results speak for themselves. And one could argue that Bayern has learned to win ugly, but 1-0 against a struggling cone side who offer basically nothing in front of goal is not winning ugly. It's just not being very good. Um, and it's yeah. not like Cologne parked the bus either. They left plenty of space at the back. Like, I can understand sometimes you go to a relegation contender in their own stadium and they completely put 10 men behind the ball and you struggle to break them down and you just got get a single goal and that's it. But that's not what Cologne did. They came at us. They tried to press high. They tried to um, keep a somewhat decently high line. They kept space at the back and it should have been a very easy game for Bayern Munich. It was the kind of open game that our players should have thrived in. And part of the reason I think that they didn't thrive in is because, you know, a Friday game after an international break, that's always very rough. And I understand the predicament that Tuchel was in. But also part of the reason is that certain players on the lineup feel like they have been overplayed, especially Leroy Sané, who right now seems to be doing that thing. He seems to be having his annual downturn in performance with December and the winter break coming up. I think he looks very tired out there. And Tuchel, by not subbing him or any other player on the pitch, I don't know what was going on. Was he trying to send a message? Is he saying that he's going to rotate completely against the Copenhagen game? Or is he trying to say that he doesn't think he has the substitutes necessary to even rotate in a game against Cologne? I, I just don't know what to make of it. And it's quite disappointing that the German media did not really ask him much about it in the post-match press conferences because we didn't really get many answers out of him either in terms of not even non-answers really. It's like the media have decided to back off from him after his recent attacks. Yeah. It certainly seems like it. And with Sané, there was this moment toward the end of the game where he made such a tired pass that I think directly led to a Cologne attack. And it it was sad to see because it really does feel like he's on his last legs. And when Jamal Muziala comes back, he's going to be played game in, game out, regardless of the importance of the game. And he might, he's probably going to go through the same phase as Sané. I don't know what Tuchel's master plan is here. And I think it is more about sending a message because it, it if he's trying to tell everybody that tell um, Muller and the rest of the bench were not good enough to come up against Cole, I don't know exactly what he's trying to say. And then there is the fact that he decided to go with Chupamoting ahead of Muller, which automatically meant for me that Kane would get less service because he would probably push into a deeper role. And Chubo did really well last season. I didn't think he had a particularly good game against Cole. Um, well, he didn't really. Yeah. Like, I mean, he had maybe one good effort at goal. And other than that, he got a yellow card, I think. That's pretty much, I think, how you can sum up Chubo Moting's performance. And it was against a team that 
most people would consider mediocre. I did play mediocre on the night. It wasn't like Cologne were putting in a Hall of Fame performance against a great Bayern Munich side. It was not that kind of game. So it's, it's how should I say, it's concerning when the coach starts making inexplicable decisions like this. Bayern Munich is a team where you can get away with a lot of these decisions, but it reminds me a bit of Niko Kovac's second season where he kept playing Coutinho over and over and over again, and most of the time he was still winning, and I keep bringing this up. Most Bayern coaches, even the bad ones, they tend to win over 70 or 80% of their games, and Thomas Tupel is proving to be no exception. Niko Kovac got by on the brilliance of Robert Lewandowski, and it feels like Thomas Tuchel is getting by often on the brilliance of Harry Kane alone. Kane gets, what, 30 touches a game and always scores a goal? How many of those touches are even in or near the box? Who who can really say? I can look into the stats, but the stats are pretty deceptive because often Kane gets the ball in positions that, even if they are inside the box, he's nowhere near a position like a goal-scoring opportunity. Part of that is down to Kane himself, but a lot of that is down to how Tuchel uses him, and it doesn't seem to be changing as the season progresses. It doesn't seem like Kane is getting more and more integrated, and the only player that seems even remotely on the same page as him is Leroy Sané. Yeah, and on that note, I do want to ask you, what do you make of this Thomas Muller situation? Why did he start Tuchel voting? And... Let me let me just go through the excuses before letting you dive in deeper. So there was the excuse that there were players who were away on international duty. They might be leggy. They hadn't trained with the team all week. Okay, Muller played like 45 minutes on the international break. He mentioned that Cole is a decisive threat from headers. In I don't know how much Bundesliga you watch outside of Bayern, but I do watch a lot of it. And let me tell you, Cole has been nothing short of a disaster this season. I am a big fan of Stefan Baumgart, and Cole has looked very non-threatening against everybody except Gladbach. So it's it's ridiculous to even make that statement. The, at least it feels this way to me as somebody who watches a lot of Bundesliga football. And then his excuse for play for um yeah for playing Chupa was exactly that that um Cole might be a threat from corners. So. Uh, apparently Friday nights against Cologne is not a Muller kind of game either. All right, and what do you make of it? Well, first of all, playing an attacker because of his ability to defend on set pieces seems like the most backwards thinking I can... Like, where does he get these explanations? Where, where do they come from? At least when he said that Muller was benched against Manchester City because he wanted pace up top, that's that's an explanation that makes some kind of sense. It doesn't make it doesn't say very good things about him in terms of what he understands about the team, but it's an explanation that on the surface makes sense. This explanation does not make any sense. But Tuchel gave it anyway because, well, I think he understands that he needs to explain himself when Thomas Muller is benched because he knows that Thomas Muller is one of the most important players on the team in terms of well, fan support, and the German media will jump on him if he gives them even an inch on this front. Now, the problem is, is that this was an, the exact game that Thomas Muller should have started. It was a perfect game for him. Why? Because Jamal Buziala is injured. And Thomas Muller, in the last three months or so, I think has started maybe 
three games total, three, maybe four games. I'm not exactly sure. Let me just recap. He has, in that time, he's only played, in fact, I think in the whole season together, he's not even played 500 minutes. I have transfer marked open in front of me right now, and he's only played 485 minutes, all competitions. Out of that, he's played the full 90, I think, only once. When was that? Against Saarbrücken in the DFB Pokal, which is absolutely pathetic for a guy who has, as far as we can tell, been fit all season. In the meantime, the player who plays instead of Thomas Muller, Jamal Muziala, has been overplayed to the point that he's already suffered another hamstring injury this year. And we are genuinely putting this kid's career at risk by overplaying him to this extent. I have no more explanations other than the fact that it seems that Bayern Munich are 110% ready to move on from Thomas Muller and they have given Tuchel all the power in the world to make it happen. And there is no chance that Muller is going to get a serious shot in the starting 11 as long as the current state of events continues. People might argue that Muller does not deserve a look-in based on performances right now, but I crunched the numbers, and according to his per 90 statistics, Thomas Muller is actually one of the best in the team right now. He is, in terms of goals and assists, he already has two goals and five assists in 485 minutes, which rounds out to around 1.3 goals plus assists per 90, which is elite numbers. And given the fact that he does not get any consistent minutes, he has barely played a full 90 in any game and he has definitely not started two games in a row since i think what was it match day three or four when it was gladbach and then leverkusen it's been an absolutely barren season for him in terms of anything resembling playing time he may well start against copenhagen if he doesn't i don't know if tupel has any excuses for that but even so this is extremely low and I don't think he deserves this sort of treatment from the coach. I think he deserves a lot better. And on the merit of his performances, he should be getting far more minutes than he has been. And I think, so I've I've heard this argument that the one that you mentioned, that Muller is not good enough. There are other players ahead of him. But Muller was literally a first choice player in May after events in City and other disasters that Tuchel went through, he decided to put Muller back full-time into the lineup. And that's how it stayed until the end of the season. Well, did then he really? Season... Because he did not mm-hmm. really do that, actually. I would argue that he did not really put Muller full-time back into the lineup at all, even before, starting from the City games themselves. And he kept giving explanations, the idea that Muller isn't quite 100% fit or this and that. And kind of just carried over into the season. The only times that Muller has been a start of the season have been during the times that Jamal Muziala has been injured. And now, it feels like even with Muziala injured, Muller is not considered a starter. So not even second choice, which is absolutely ridiculous. If you're going to try to convince me that Chupa Boateng is a better option than Thomas Muller, then I'm sorry. I, I, I cannot buy that in any way, shape, or form. I'm surprised the German media did not push back more on that explanation because that was probably the most headless chicken of all the explanations that Tuchel has given to this point. Um, that just brings me to his contract extension. There has been a lot of lip service paid, you know, 
from Tuchel, of course, but also from Freund, the sporting director, who talks about how iconic Muller is and how much they would like Muller to extend. My question is, does Bayern really want Muller to extend? I doubt it. To be honest, I think Bayern Munich are quite fed up of the fact that Thomas Muller has even lasted this long at the club and they are trying desperately to get rid of him. There is a very different narrative in terms of Thomas Muller's extension compared to, for example, Manuel Neuer's extension. And Neuer has not even declared that he wants to keep playing until he is 35, like Thomas, until 2025, like unlike Thomas Muller, who has already said so. It goes back to the much longer held belief that I have had that Bayern Munich have been trying to get rid of Thomas Muller ever since 2017 or so. Um, And I feel like they are going to take this time to do what they tried to do under Kovac, but ultimately failed, which is to reduce minutes to the point where Muller himself decides that it's not worth staying and just goes and leaves on his own so that they can say, hey, we tried to extend him, we put this offer on the table, and he didn't take it, essentially shifting what blame can be put onto the player. Now, I'm not saying that Muller is entitled to minutes at Bayern Munich, but he is as a member of the squad and as a longtime member and a player that has always come through for the team and has been a key member in multiple treble winning seasons. He, I'm not saying that he is entitled to minutes, but I am saying he's entitled to a fair shot. And this is very far from a fair shot. All he gets to show anything resembling his quality is garbage time minutes at right at the end of games. And otherwise, when he starts, he doesn't even get the full 90. Is That does not make sense for a club legend. And it does not check out in comparison to someone like Manuel Neuer, for example, who you can see the trend towards giving him an extension. And he, as soon as he came back from injury, which was a completely self-inflicted injury that completely threw a wrench into Bayern Munich's plans, Neuer was allowed to come back. His competition was sold and he is straight back into the starting 11. And he is nearly, as far as media reports are concerned, it seems like he's nearly guaranteed a contract extension at this point in time. I think that I think all of this really just speaks for itself. Why do you think Bayern has been trying to get rid of him since 2017? Well, I think it's simply because of player power and Thomas Muller being as powerful as he is in terms of being a voice in the fan base and the fans liking him so much. He just kind of intimidates the bosses themselves. That's why they just want to get rid of him as soon as possible. They don't see the value that he brings on the pitch and they would much rather see that occupied by someone like first James Rodriguez back in 2017 then later Felipe Coutinho and now Jamal Muziala they've ha- constantly been bringing players into Muller's position to compete with him which I cannot say for any other long-term player at this club you look at when Joshua Kimmich's position was threatened in the team in the summer Bayern Munich said, no, we are not getting a new number six. Compare that to when Thomas Muller has had a good season. You can still see Bayern Munich decide to bring in someone like Coutinho or James or Mario Götze even earlier. It is a very stark difference in how Bayern Munich treats Thomas Muller as to compare to its other established stars. It's, I, I don't necessarily have an explanation other than the fact that I have always held the belief that Thomas Muller may be 
build small in the dressing room and that may be a factor in the bosses wanting him out. Every time that Muller does not play for an extended period of time, the voices get louder and the coach has to keep explaining himself. And this has happened repeatedly. I would say as early as 2013, I think this was also happening when Pep was around. I It so, did not yeah. necessarily happen when Pep was around because under Pep, the theory was that Thomas Muller would struggle because he's not a typical Pep Guardiola player. But it turned out that Thomas Muller played well over three and a half thousand minutes in all of Pep's seasons. So he was very much a starter under Pep Guardiola. And if Thomas Muller can be a starter in that system, then I don't see why what Thomas Tuchel sees in his system that he can't fit Thomas Muller into. In any case, it was always it's always been speculated that Thomas Muller is near his downfall and he's going to be shifted out of the starting 11 sooner or later. And it's always been the case that Thomas Muller proves those doubts wrong. But I think this is it for him. I think that he's not going to come back from this one. I This may not be the last season Thomas Muller plays in his career, but I think this will be his last season at Bayern Munich, the way things are going. Because Tuchel, unlike previous coaches, has managed to keep winning without Thomas Muller. And whether or not the performances are all that great, He's winning, and I think that's all that matters. And given the way that the last coach's career ended at Bayern, he seems to be pretty safe as long as he keeps winning. And as long as he keeps winning, there is no incentive for him to switch to Muller and give him a fair chance in the lineup because that will just muddy the waters and make it more difficult for him to stick to whatever agenda he has planned for the eleven. I could see Muller leave in January. With the Euros around, I think he would want regular playing time. I don't think January is an option for him, and mainly because it seems that Julian Nagelsmann is calling up Muller regardless, even without regular playing time. And to be perfectly honest, who is Nagelsmann going to call up instead? I mean, like, seriously, who is Nagelsmann going to call up instead? Karim Adiemi? <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Who is... There is no one. There is no one. Okay, so Thomas Muller's Germany spot, I think, is perfectly safe in terms of just his position in the Germany squad. But his position in the Germany lineup is very much in doubt. But I don't care about his position in the Germany lineup. As far as I'm concerned, the further he stays from that clown show, the better it is for his reputation. But in terms of the Bayern Munich thing, I'm kind of just... I have given in to despair, really, in terms of Muller's situation. I don't think Bayern Munich will play at its best without Thomas Muller in the 11, and it's going to have several important knock-on effects in the lineup as a result. It's going to make Harry Kane less effective. It's going to force Jamal Muziala into a position that I don't think he is necessarily ready to take over, and I don't think it's necessarily the best position for him. I think Muziala is much better as a winger. But instead, yeah, we have to be content with Muziala being our attacking midfielder going forward. And it's also going to force Muziala into playing a majority of minutes when he's already shown a propensity towards muscle injuries. And it's also going to force Bayern Munich into substandard play when the time comes to perform in the Champions League against higher quality opposition. And that's just going to lead to the same tragic events that we have almost gotten used to in recent seasons. I'm not saying that Muller is some kind of silver bullet. I'm just saying that 
if you want a 7 out of 10 performance to turn into an 8 or 9 out of 10 performance, you want Thomas Muller in the lineup, you know? And it's really that simple. <laughs> I, I don't see why every single coach really needs to reinvent the wheel on this, but I guess that's the tragedy of this particular player. And I just hope that player fans will remember how good he was when he is gone. Because right now it feels like very few people are really protesting the fact that Muller is not in the lineup regularly. I felt that after what happened in the travel year, the 2020 travel year, people would finally realize the value of having Muller regularly play. But it seems that fans really don't learn that lesson. And if fans who support the team through every single game can't learn that lesson, then what what are coaches supposed to do? Coaches have far less connection to the team and they are often far married to their own ideas rather than what has made the team successful in the past. So therefore, it is just a case of maybe this is just how it ends for Thomas Muller. And I don't see it ending particularly great for Bayern Munich either. That is the sad part in all of this. I think what might really throw a wrench in the works here is if Muziala decides to leave. And we're going to get a clearer picture of that as we get closer to the summer. And that I, is the only situation, you know, where I see that Bayern has no choice but to extend Muller. I don't think that Moziala is going to decide to leave until after Thomas Muller has already left Bayern Munich. You know? That and, would be interesting. Yes. And that would and that would just basically just make it worse for all of us. Because I don't think Moziala is going to even enter contract talks until Mo- Thomas Muller has left Bayern Munich because he would not have the most leverage until Thomas Muller is gone. Because at that point, Bayern Munich would be forced to either give him a massive, massive contract or let him leave and replace him for 100, 200 million or something, whatever Florian words is worth at this point. That is, if I were his agent, that's what I would have advised him to do. And he's perfectly, since he's so young, he's perfectly positioned to do that. He just extended his contract, I think it was last year or the year before. So he has plenty of time. So yeah, that is the situation. Let's hope Mozilla is listening to you and you might have a job in the future. That is an amazing theory. Mm-hmm. And that is the one that works best. But um, do you think we'll see Muller against Copenhagen, which is Bayern's next game yeah. in the Champions League? I, If we don't see Muller against Copenhagen, I think I think at that point, you just need to realize that Tuchel is trolling the fan base. Okay? Because the Copenhagen game, it doesn't matter. We've already qualified to the round of 16 and we are already top of our group. What more do you need? It would be the last, one of the last Champions League group stage games we play and definitely the last Champions League group stage game ever at the Allianz Arena, given that, well, the group stage format is being scrapped after this season. Why wouldn't you play Thomas Muller in that lineup, in that game? And in previous games, Tugo made really lame excuses for why he didn't get to play Muller. He always says, oh, we had planned to put him in, but we just didn't get the chance to, etc., etc. He always has these very lame excuses lined up, something or the other, but he just doesn't say what is his real agenda. But anyway, I think that Muller will play. And I think that other players like Gnabry and maybe even Matty Tell might play. It might be a more of a complete rotation 11, which itself will probably speak volumes as to what Tuchel thinks of these players at this point in time. In any case, I expect the Copenhagen game to be easier, not necessarily better, but easier than the one we saw 
away because Copenhagen away is always a very difficult game for any team, not just Bayern Munich under Thomas Tuchel. And I just hope that whatever happens, we win because we have this crazy group stage record going. And I want us to see, I want to see us at least win out in this group stage and keep the streak going into perpetuity because we can finish the group on a winning streak. Let me just make tell you Tuchel's excuse right now. Muller will not play because Copenhagen still have a chance to get out of this group and they're still fighting for a spot. So to be fair to Copenhagen, he has to field his entire lineup. So Harry Kane will be in there. Zane will be in there. And that is the excuse he's going to use. If Zane plays against Copenhagen, <laughs> Tuchel needs to be tried for war crimes because Zane is going to drop dead. He's going to drop dead on the pitch. And... Tuchel is going to be responsible because I understand that Tuchel knows he cannot win a game without Leroy Sané on the pitch. He knows this very well. But look, man, Sané is not going to survive playing this many minutes. In general, he is a very durable player. At Manchester City, he used to play lots of minutes and never really get injured. And at Bayern Munich, he has done the same mostly. But he plays game after game, high-intensity football, always going forward and back high speed and defending constantly. This is going to take a toll on him and he should be rested far more than he has been already. I understand the argument that he needs to maintain his rhythm and players in good form want to maintain rhythm, but he's not a striker. He's in a much more physically demanding position as a winger and he should be rested a lot more than he has been. Right now, we are genuinely risking Sané's health by constantly playing him this much. I I still really doubt if Tuchel will sit him. Tuchel might sit him for like 45 minutes. I just, I don't, I, I don't see it. Like Tuchel, even for like garbage games, Tuchel has fielded Sané. Uh, yeah. Well, so, to be fair, yeah. like this is the team that if we just rotate even slightly, the one game we bench Harry Kane for, we suddenly lose to a third tier team. So Tuchel's fine. Very fragile. Anything can go wrong at any moment. That is 100% true. And that's, this is what the season feels like a lot. That Bayern yeah. is winning, but, you know, things could go yeah, wrong. Things can go wrong. Yeah, I guess I guess you have to do the outro now because we don't have much time left. All right. Um, thank you for listening. As always, you know where to find us. We, uh, You can find any of us um, at Bavarian Football Works, of course, and you can find some of us on Twitter. And other than that, we hope you enjoy Bayern's game against Copenhagen. This has been I know I need no name and Samrin, and have a good night. Yep, thank you for listening. Have a good night.